Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of American Billiard Radio. We're not keeping to the regular schedule this week. We had an important story that we wanted to get out there. I'm joined this week by Ian Anderson, the president of the World Pool Association from Shanghai, China, this week. Ian, uh, how's China? Well, it's great, and the weather's not too bad. It's coming into the winter, but it's not too harsh at the moment. Everything's everything's great. Now, your and it doesn't sound right to say your excuse for going to China, but the the reason, <laughs> one of the reasons for you going to China this week is the World Junior Nine Ball Championship, right? Yeah, correct. It's being played at the moment, and, and uh, as we speak, the final will be played today uh, between the three divisions. We have a girls division and we have two boys division, one for under nineteen and one for under seventeen. And who who's playing in those events? Um, okay, I'll do my best <laughs> to pronounce them correctly. Uh, in the girls division, we've got Li Yu Chen from China. She'll be playing against the two thousand and twelve world champion, world junior champion. Camila Kojovava, Kojovava from Belgium. Oh, okay. In the in the um, so it shows how young Camila was when she won in 2012 to be playing again in 2014. Uh, because there is an age limit on the girls as well; they've got to be under 19. So, uh, in the boys under 19, we've got uh, a really good match here. We've got Aloysius Yap from Singapore, playing Xu Hua An from Chinese Taipei. And in the under-17, this is another uh, terrific match, or going to be a terrific match. Jeffrey Roder of the Philippines is playing Kong Di Jing from China. So all three divisions have a player from China playing in the finals? No, no, the under-19, the two players, one's from Chinese Taipei, Taiwan, and the other one uh, is from Singapore. Okay. Just just listening to the players that are playing in these finals, I mean, it really really pushes something that the, the diehard fans have known for the longest time, that the game... Uh, the the not only the level of play but the level of interest. Now, I haven't been to any of the events over in China, but you know Jerry has said before that it's it's just a madhouse out there. Uh, I mean, I assume you still see that with the juniors too. Yes, and uh, I know uh, yesterday, for instance, we went to uh, we went to a school here. Um, and a lot of the American uh, contingent came out with us, and there's a lot of American parents here as well. And we went to uh, the Darning International Elementary School, and I would think the average age of the children there is probably uh, sort of 10 to 12, something in that range. And um, what an eye-opener that was for everyone. And the, the motto at the school is, play sport and smile (laughs) (laughs) and I tell you it lives up to its motto because every child there was absolutely over the moon with these uh, players from the junior championship out there to visit them and (laughs) the parents got in on it as well they were 
playing with the uh, with the children uh, and the facilities that they have there at this school is quite amazing. Uh, and of course, they've got billiards in there. They've got half a dozen uh, nine foot pool tables in there that they get uh, lessons on. Um, there's roller skating. There's indoor football. There's um, taekwondo. There's even a robot section um, <laughs> where the children are allowed to go and uh, they have lessons and create their own robots and download programs into them. And oh, look, it's mind-boggling, really mind-boggling. But um, the reception, there'll be plenty of stories I can tell you when they get back home to the United States. They, they just had the time of their life. Wow. I mean, we in the States, we talk about what Mark Wilson is doing at Lindenhurst, and we think that's a huge step forward. But from what I understand, it's, it's nothing compared to what they've got over there. No, but this school isn't. The, the, the school where the championship's being played it's a, it's a, it's the real deal. It's got, um, it's got twelve snooker tables, and fifteen pool tables, and the children actually take billiards as part of their curriculum. So you can, uh, you can pass your exams at the end of the year as billiards as one of your subjects. Of course, you don't get away from the, uh, from the maths and all the rest of it, but <laughs> you've still got to do that. But you can actually take billiards as a, as a course. That would be nice. Now, I mean, <clears throat> we've heard of of top pros uh, going over there to to teach. I mean, is that still going on? Yes, there are a, a number of come over here to teach. Um, the facilities that I've seen uh, in Beijing as well. Uh, yeah, you can't get your head around it really. Uh, I mean, they have all the training techniques you can imagine, uh, all the video replay equipment. Uh, coaches, uh, other staff, just to uh, make sure that every opportunity is given to their students to, uh, you know, to achieve uh, as as well as possible. It it's it's mind blowing, really. Well, and, and it makes sense then why you know you would see the level of play so high over there, and and it would make sense as to why they have such an interest in running these major events like uh, the Women's World Nine Ball Championship and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, it's not just restricted to billies. They, they seem to be doing this in all sports. Um, they just want to... You know, they, they see that they can compete and uh, at a world level and they want to become the best at it. And they're, they're playing all sports and they put the same sort of... Uh, training and uh, dedication in, into all of them. But from the years I've been involved in, uh, in billiard sports, I've, I've never seen anything like what, what, uh, what they've done here in China. And is that something that has kind of come up quickly and been put together, or has it just been a growing tide over the last however many years? Well, it is reasonably quick. I mean, the first event we had here was in uh, in 2009. So it's only got a history uh, with our sport from then. Uh, snooker was here a couple of years before that. And uh, snooker were, were um, a bit lucky in the sense Ding Jung Yui uh, became uh, a really top-level snooker player. And, uh, of course, he's now 
I'm not sure if he's in the, he's certainly in the top three anyway in the world. And of course that does wonders for any country where you've got a homegrown product uh, being one of the best in the world. Um, you know, it's done it for, for all sports. I know in Australia, golf got a real surge when Greg Norman uh, became uh, such a great player. Right. Um, and it, and it happened uh, it happened here because Ding Jung Yui and also uh, I can't forget I can't forget to mention uh, Pan Zhao Ting and uh she she's a superstar here <laughs> I mean she's a, she's a superstar in the states too but well yeah but it, I think a little different because I mean if if she goes into the shopping center or something like here I mean she's rushed by people you know autographs and it's like a movie star going somewhere I mean, it's it's quite amazing, and uh, uh, in fairness, she's not playing as well now as what she did. She's still a very competitive player, but there's a few other girls uh, I think have gone, you know, playing better than her at the moment. But they're not getting the same treatment like Pan Zhaoting does. That's got to be encouraging for you because, you know, the WPA part of part of what I see your responsibility as is to help promote the game and mm. I'm sure seeing those players being uh, accepted with that level of, of notoriety um, you know it has to make you feel well if it can be done here then it should be able to be done anywhere yeah true true um, it, they have got tremendous support from the government, though, I mean, to make these things possible. Um, but, the, they get, you know, they, they're getting the runs on the board as well. Um, apart from uh, a few of the Western players, the Chinese women uh, are very strong in, in, their, uh, in their division. Um, they pretty much dominate. If you take the Chinese and the Chinese Taipei girl players, there's an, uh, they really dominate the women's with the exception of uh, a few Western players. Um, the men haven't got it quite so easy. The, the men can hold their own with any of the other men around the world, but the men's competition is, uh, is very strong. Right. Well, <clears throat> and, and I'm sure I'll have listeners who send me hate mail about the comment, but you know the men's game is stronger than the women's game i you know that, and that's a whole uh ball of of problems that i don't even want to get involved in but that you know that's just my opinion <laughs> um so of course you have to take the good with the bad and and you know while while you're over there and you're you're representing the WPA and you're seeing how pool is accepted over there and and my understanding is you know, talking with promoters about uh, future events, then we've got you know we've got some controversy going on. Uh, we've got an event here in the states, uh, December, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay, December, New York, uh, and it's it's the the Dragon Promotions International. He's referring to it as the International Ten Ball Championship now. Yeah, the, the women's international ten ball. Okay. Uh, well, it's the ten ball championship, isn't it? Uh, yes, the women's international pool championship, not ten ball. The oh. women's international pool championship is the title I've come up with. 
Okay. Um, and by the time this interview airs, there will already be a story on AZ Billiards going over some of the facts on this, but can you bring the listeners up to speed on exactly why this event is so controversial? Yeah, okay. Um, the history of it is that um, uh, Dragon Promotions, they held our Women's World Ten Ball Championship for five years in the Philippines, and they ran from 2009 to 2013. In 2013, their contract came to an end, and um, we were happy to um, go into a new contract with them, but they were unable to secure the necessary funds to have the event. So that was the end of it. Um, They did want to continue with an, with an event of some sort uh, because of the work they'd put in, etc. And uh, they said they will, they will do a, a smaller event for women for, you, you know, using 10 ball as a discipline. So <clears throat> next thing you know, they've come up with the women's world 10 ball. Well, of course, <laughs> it's one word short of what the event was that they had in, uh, had in Manila. And um, we objected to it and said, you know, that you, you really shouldn't be doing this. You, it's deception. You, you're trying to make out this is a world championship event, and um, and uh, it's not. And um, it was then that some of the leading players also revolted against the uh, idea of this thing supposed to be a world championship. Uh, so I had a talk to Cindy Lee and she agreed that with a name change and, and one thing that, uh, it, it will be more acceptable. I mentioned to her that, um, I thought it'd be good as you're taking, as you're doing this event in the, uh, in the United States to use some sort of a local title, whether it was the U S 10 ball championship or, the U.S. Open 10 ball or the North American Championship or whatever, but they've come up with this name, the International Women's Pool Championship. Uh, so we we said, okay, well, at least it's done away with this dreaded word world in it. Um, you know, we'll be okay about it and we won't uh, oppose being, uh, be opposed to to the event going ahead. That's all and well, but they have, instead of promoting this as a new event or whatever, they want to continue with this negative and misleading publicity campaign about this event still being the world championship. And that's what it is that we've objected to. Well, I know that that the PR that we've received, which we haven't ran on AZ Billiards, has talked about bringing this prestigious event to North America and the sixth running of the event. I mean, this this seems to be no different than the controversy that surrounds the World Tournament of 14-1, where there was a world championship being ran, and then when that contract ended, and again, I don't... I don't have 
complete knowledge of the inner workings of contracts and promoters and that sort of thing, but my understanding was that the contract ended and for whatever reason, uh, Charlie or Dragon Promotions decided not to continue running that world championship, but they continue running an event that some of the fans and some of the players accept as a world championship. So using their logic... It's November now. There isn't a Women's World 10-Ball Championship, so what harm does it do to have an event? I mean, at least there's an event. There's a World Championship. You can crown a winner this year. So so what does that harm? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll come to that. Uh, I'll just say something about the 14-1 event uh, first that you mentioned. Um Exactly what you said is true. Uh, Dragon Promotions did do the fourteen-one uh, tournament for uh, for some years, um, and uh, the WPA when the when the contract came to an end, the WPA said, "Well, you know, the money's got to be increased to call it a world championship because it's not fair when we have other world championships." in nine ball and 10 ball and eight ball being played for the sort of prize money they are and expecting that we can also have a 14-1 tournament for maybe 10% of that prize money. Uh, that wasn't, that wasn't to happen. So again, uh, they couldn't raise the, the sort of money that would be required. So, uh, Dragon started off by running the, World, uh, sorry, what is it? The World 14-1. The World Tournament of 14-1 or something like that. Well, yeah, something like that. Now, he, yeah, you know, but they call it that. But at the, end of the, at the end of the event, they give the winner a trophy that says the World 14-1 World Championship. <laughs> uh, so how do you do that? I mean, how do you run a tournament called the World 14-1, and then give someone the trophy that says the World 14-1 Championship. Well, and, you know, I know that the top players, I know that, you know, a handful of the top 14-1 players that I've spoke to, they do not consider it a World Championship. They understand Hmm. that it's not. But there are quite a few players who compete in the event, and there are quite a few fans who feel... If it's the biggest 14-1 tournament of the year, it should be the world championship. Now, beyond just the prize money, there are other requirements that an event must meet in order to be a world championship, aren't there? Well, the problem we had with 14-1 was the WPA is, is about trying to get the uh, all the countries around the world involved in things, and 14-1 is not played in that many countries. And we would struggle to get people to play in a 14-1 championship. That, that is, you know, that's one thing. Um, of course, the prize money uh, comes into it. But the fact that uh, there's not the demand from other memberships for anything with 14-1, that's why um, it's never really been... Uh, you know, but being pursued so much. Beside the added money, was Dragon Promotions meeting all the other requirements? 
Uh, as far as I can remember, they haven't. It's been a while back, uh, Mike, since since they did it. But as far as I know, they did. But I mean, the prize money we were talking about was uh, very very low. And um, I know there was one year we didn't sanction it at all because he couldn't he couldn't meet the prize money. Um, and I I think we we talk. I'm going on memory now, but I think the prize money was something like twenty thousand. Um, and this, this was started when John Lewis, uh, between John Lewis and Charlie Williams, when John Lewis was part of the WPA, uh, and he thought it was a way to help get things started in America. And um, we agreed to have Dragon uh, do this event for uh, a number of years. And I know one year it fell short of the prize money, and we, we said, well, we can't sanction it. We can't decrease the prize money. It's not even enough as it is but we can't let it fall below that and, and still keep it sanctioned. Um, but once it came to an end, uh, they continued on with this World 14-1, or whatever they called it. And, right. um, and we've, we've, never, we've never really said much about it all, but <laughs> we just feel we've... It, this is much the same story coming up now with the women's ball thing. Right. He's presenting the World Fourteen One as the World Fourteen One Championship. Right, and and I don't I don't want to fixate on the Fourteen One event. I mean, people mm. who follow me online they they know how I feel about it, so we don't really yeah. need to to stay with that. Um, so we come back to the women's ten ball. Um, so the event is scheduled. They changed the name, but they're still representing it as a world championship. So again, if there is no world championship, then what damage is done by by accepting this event as a world championship? Well, one of the things that happened during this year, we did have interest from another party to do the World Ten Ball. And um, I had made that clear to Cindy, Cindy Lee, that there was another party interested in doing the World's 10-Ball Championship. And uh, how long would it take for them to confirm whether the Dragon were able to raise the, the required sponsorship, etc.? Well, that kept getting, uh, you know, next week, next week, give me to the end of the month and so on. And uh, by the time we actually got a... Uh, the final notice from Dragon, they were unable to do the event. It then was too late for the other party to do it. And the other party's well known in the world, so uh, there's no doubt that they were genuine about uh, about doing it. Um, so that left the no tournament in 2014. I have been speaking with some people, uh, uh, three interested parties, um, about doing the world, Women's World 10-Ball Championship in 2015. And part of this has, part of the negotiation has been that the Women's 9-Ball Championship um, carries prize money of 150000 and we would expect that as a minimum um, for any 10-Ball Championship. Now, obviously, we can't get it on this year, but we're very hopeful of getting it on in 2015 but this tournament coming up next month being perceived as a world championship 
one of the one of the people I've been talking to has said, well, they're not sure they're so interested anymore when uh, they're being asked to put up quite a large sum of money to run an event and someone else has the same event and the same players taking part in it for a fraction of the price. <laughs> now we have a problem. I can see that. And, and, and in doing the math, you know, we're talking about a difference between roughly 10,000 in added money which is going on next month and and you're saying 150 now the usual world championship there's no entry fee there's there's nothing like that correct 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 um, I, I i did the maths on uh, the this proposed dragon event um the advertising 43,000 odd dollars in prize money they've got an entry fee of $520 um I'm also told, I don't know if this is right or not, but the players will be required to stay in a certain hotel. Uh, that's five nights at about 150 a night. So there's another $750 added onto your 520. There'd be uh, your daily thing uh, in New York. And, of course, the transportation to New York, depending on where you've got to come from. So if you're travelling from abroad, uh, it'd be quite a hefty uh, transportation fee. Um, the other, the other thing I'm not sure about, and I've asked the question, but nobody seems to have the answer because it's not clear. What happens if the entries don't reach sixty-four? Was this forty-three thousand dollars dependent on um, sixty-four, or if they only get forty players, is it thousand dollars less? Twenty-four times five hundred and twenty dollars, or something. I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. There's nothing said about it. Do you know? <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, I know there are qualifiers going on all around the the U.S. I mean, there's qualifiers. It seems like everywhere to try to draw players to this. Um, hmm. Now, I have followed this story to a degree. You had there was a letter that came out from the WPA a week or two ago that talked about a new classification of event. It seems like this classification of event was put together specifically to help with this event. I, am I wrong in that? Yes, no, that that's not correct. The it it was put together to help our members. Uh, it wasn't put together to help this tournament. It, was, it had been put together before that, and we call them member events, and it's to try and create more activity within our own memberships. And it's it, all we've done is we've given our members the opportunity to nominate some of their events held in their territory as what we're calling member events, and the and the players can earn world ranking points from playing in those events. So, uh, of course, the ranking points they, they earn are less than what uh, what they would get in a full-blown uh, WPA ranking event, but they're very handy indeed because I think the winner of them gets a 1,000 points. So if you've got three of those a year, and I, take, I, I look at someone like Shane Van Boning, where Shane seems to win just about every uh, event in America that's played in America recently, those points would be handy on his um, 
on his world ranking. Um, but that uh, that was designed to help the members uh, create more interest within their own territories. It wasn't definitely wasn't designed to help this event. It had been introduced long before this uh, this event came came to earth uh, came to light. And I'm glad you mentioned the calendar because it it made me think back to a question I had. Um, you know, we're having this conversation in mid November, so the the window of opportunity to still run an event of any kind for 2014 is is very small now. Can you give me an idea roughly how long negotiations have been going on as far as this event or or any uh, World 10 Ball Championship event for the women? Well, we spoke I spoke earlier in the year. Um I'm not sure of the time probably ran about March or something like that to uh, to Cindy uh, about the possibility of Dragon having a new contract to run the, the Women's World Ten Ball Championship. Um, now, we've been talking about that for a while, and I think it was around about July or so that she, was, she came back to me to say, well, unfortunately, they can't put it together. So we, we haven't been talking about it for quite a while. That's it's between July and now that they went off and uh, to organise an, another tournament, um, and they've come up with this uh, women's international pool championship. And uh, again, I apologise; I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, roughly how roughly how large a hit is the tournament taking if it went from the the payouts from last year to the payouts from this year i mean is it is it 80% is it 50% last year last year the the women's world 10 ball championship um, it was an eight, it, it carried prize money of $85,000 and that was prize money that was added into the tournament there was no entry fee money so the tournament was sort of twice as big as this one being advertised without entry fees. If you take the added money that's being put into this event at, at roughly ten thousand odd dollars, yes, the other the other one was eight times bigger. Wow! And I've heard the opinion amongst the pros that. As events go on year after year after year, there should be some kind of an increase in prize money if the game is is going to grow. I mean, the game, we know the game is stagnated and and it it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Uh, Certainly, seeing 80,000 in prize money cut in half, not even considering the entry fee, is not. Uh, a good sign for the game continuing to grow. No, and uh, and uh, and this is where I've got to uh, uh, say a few kind words about the le- a lot of the leading women. They've realised this, and they realise uh, what a mistake it would be to support an event like this that's being made out to be something that it's not. And uh, that's the reason they're not playing because they know. <laughs> it would be a very bad investment in their own future. And I'm going to ask you a question, and and it, 
I'm asking your opinion. Uh, you know, this is not a fact-based question. And uh, after this interview airs, I'm going to talk to Charlie, and I'm going to ask him the same question. Uh, it sounds to me as if had the name simply been changed and the event presented as the inaugural Women's International Intergalactic Tinball Championship of the Universe and yeah. left at that, then yeah. you would have been fine with it. Wouldn't have had a problem. So Wouldn't have had a problem. When I ask your opinion, in your opinion, what... Why? I mean, why would you continue to present this event as something it's not if you know it's bad? I just don't understand. Well, well you you just told me you were going to talk to Charlie uh, <laughs> after this, so that's, that question should be for him. But um, really, uh, I mean, the, 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 the sort of information that they're putting out there, the Dragon are putting out there, um, you know, formerly known as the Women's World Ten Ball. Well, when was it ever known as the Women's World Ten Ball? Right. Um, it was produced in the Philippines for the past five years. That's absolute nonsense. It's never been produced in the Philippines for the past five years. The WPA World Champion, oh, sorry, the WPA World Ten Ball Championship for Women was produced in the Philippines for the past five years. Uh, and of course, you couldn't be more direct to the point of trying to make it a world championship when you say, so bringing the championship to the USA is a major move. Well, you'd have to be talking about the Women's World Tenball Championship. Right. You know, uh, and it's been transformed into the Women's International Pool Championship. Well, he can't be meaning anything else, and he's referring to the Women's World Ten Ball Championship was played in the Philippines for five years. That tournament's finished. This is a new event he's having. You know, and I, I, I wrote to Cindy. I wrote to Cindy, and I told her, recommended to her, that change the, uh, change the name, do away with all this nonsense of the fifth or sixth time or whatever it is they claim, and get on and promote it as a new event. Everyone will support it. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm really uh, confused as to why anybody would continue doing what what they've done. But I can't speak for them. I, I mean, the events sound the event sounds very similar to something the WPBA did a few years ago when they implemented satellite events where. If a room, you know, basically a pool room, wanted to run a tournament uh, to draw in the WPBA players, but couldn't afford what casinos were putting out to get classic tour events, they could run a satellite event where the women could play in it. I, I mean, it sounds very similar to what would have been referred to as a satellite event, but it's certainly being billed as something much larger. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things. Look, Mike, the last thing we want to do is stop anyone playing in anything or stop an event going ahead. That is absolutely the last thing we would ever want to do. But we can't stand by and allow this sort of uh, thing to go on and not uh, not try and do something about it. Um, 
we we wanted them to change the name. They did, but they just continued with this campaign of uh, making out it to be you know to be the world championship. I know of phone calls that's gone backwards and forwards between from two players from Dragon and that about uh, everything's okay now. Uh, we've changed the name. Uh, come and play in the championship. Um, there'll be ranking points and all and all this type of thing. Um, it's just misleading. <laughs> it's misleading. When I was in Guilin just a few weeks ago at the Women's World Nine Ball Championship, I had players asking me there. They said, "Oh, so the World Championship's going to be in uh, New York this year?" I said, "No." I said, "Oh, yes, it is." They were telling me, "Yes, it is." <laughs> I said, "Well, no, it's not." They were convinced that the tournament in New York was going to be the World Championship. Now, where did they get that information from? I certainly didn't give it to them. Didn't come from the WPA. Wasn't on easy billiards. I can guarantee that. <laughs> it certainly wasn't on our uh, calendar as the World Ten Ball Championship. You mentioned that some of the top players have have chosen not to play in the event, but as of this week. Uh, there was an official statement made on players who participate in the event. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes, because we we see the damage that this uh, this can cause. We've, I've already witnessed it here with uh, a potential uh, sponsor for next year to do the uh, the women's world ten ball championship, um, and the players. These players can see it as well. They can see if they go and support an event like that, how sponsors and that would look at it, and they would say, "Well, why am I being asked to put up two hundred thousand plus all the staging expenses, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, when someone else can have the event for putting ten thousand in?" It doesn't make sense. So they can see how it would devalue the event by them taking part. In that's why they're not why they're not prepared to do it. Okay, so what happens for players who do play in the, who who do, do who do choose to play in the event? Well, as we as we explained, uh, we will take the ranking points away from them. They'll have zero ranking points. We won't accept their entries uh, into any ranking events uh, next year in two thousand fifteen. Uh, whether the nomination comes through their, the um, body that they're a member of, you know, be it Europe, Asia, America, or wherever, um, and um, they won't be. Uh, we won't accept their names if they're nominated by sponsors or wild cards or whatever. The only way they will be able to play in the tournament is go to wherever that event's being played. And if there are qualifier events being uh, staged for the event, they'll have to play in the uh, qualifiers and win their way through from there. Okay, so, and, and I mentioned, I'm, I'm mentioning a name because I know this particular player is, is an extreme example, you know, rank, well, actually, I won't even mention a name, but, but let's say a top 10 WPA uh, points list player, uh, Jane Doe, mm-hmm decides um, I'm going to support the event. It's in my backyard. She goes and plays in the event. She, she wins. She doesn't win. Whatever. Okay, so Women's World Nine Ball Championship next year, she can't play. 
even though she's in the top right. ten on the points list right now. Well, well, she won't be on the point, the top ten of the points list after the event if she plays. She'll be down at the bottom of the points list uh, with zero points. So she wouldn't qualify for the for the nine ball championship on her ranking. Her ranking would be, you know, whatever it is, 150 or 250, whatever it would be. And the promoter says, Jane Doe came out and won my event two years ago or three years ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. She's got millions of fans here. I've got to have her in the event. I'm going to use my promoter wild card. I'll get her in the event that way. Yeah, well, we'll tell her that you know, if it's the uh, if it's the women's world nine ball championship next year, uh, if it if it if it came down to that, uh, we we would be prepared to stick to our guns and say, well, you can't uh, you can't have a have that player in there. Uh, it's in our contract that players must be in good standing with the federation. So if the player's not in good standing, um, then <laughs> the, it's written into the contract they can't play. It's that simple. And this seems... I, I don't think, Mike, to be honest, I don't, I don't really think that a promoter would want to do that. I, I just don't see that to any advantage for them. I, I would see it the other way, that the promoter uh, would, would say to the player, you did a foolish thing. If, <laughs> unfortunately, you're going to have to pay a penalty for it. Get in the qualifying events and win your way through. Now... You know as well as I do, <laughs> if you're going to try and win your way through in a qualifier being played here in China, for instance, for the Women's World Nine Ball next year, you're going to have to virtually win a tournament, to uh, a, a very tough tournament, just to get into the tournament, just to get into the draw. Right. And coming from the U.S., this sounds like, well, well how on earth can they do something like that? But... What what fans in the U.S. may not understand is this is not uncommon at the European at the and the Asian level, is it? You know, the the European Federation can can tell their players what events they do and don't play in with no question. Yes, great. And the Asians are the great. same way. Yep. Yeah. See the the women. The women, and they have, they have in this event, which I applaud them for it. They've stood up and said, "No, we're sick of this. We we want, we want to play, but we don't want to play in this type of thing. We want to play tournaments, of course, um, but we don't want to be taking part in something that can damage us in the future. And uh, this type of event could do that. Now." I mean, I'll put it back to you. If if the organisers said next year, well, we insist that Jane Doe plays in this tournament, and all the other players, all the other top players said, well, if she's playing, we're not. I mean, who's going to win out then? Right. Well, I mean, it's it's certainly a bold step, and... I can see the logic behind it. Um, I, I suspect that it's going to be met with some uh, disbelief in the U.S., but I think it may... Uh, okay, so 
So one more question. Um, I'm, I'm running Dragon Promotions, which I'm not, but, you know, let's say Cindy comes to you in a week and says, okay, 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 uh, we, we get it, what we did was wrong, we understand, we will put out a press release that says, this is not the Women's World 10 Ball Championship, this is the first running of this event, then does this all fall by the wayside? I, well, I can't answer for the rest of the board on that, but but if you're asking me personally, I would say that's a great. That's great. Go for it. Um, I I said to you just a few minutes ago, Mike. We're not in the business about trying to stop players playing from earning an income or whatever. We're actually trying to act in their best interest, trying to consolidate their future for whatever it may be, and we believe that what we're doing is the, is the right thing to do. It's, we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it in the interest of the players. And I'm sure people see that. So if Cindy or Charlie or someone was to come along and say, okay, we get it. We get it. We're, we're doing away with all this. We're going to run the event, the inaugural event, the US 10 ball championship or whatever, I don't know, whatever name they come up with. Great. I'd very happily write off to uh, uh, our members and say, well, guess what? Change again. <laughs> if they want to go and play, they go and play. Uh, not a problem. Okay. Well, I mean, that seems fair. Um, basically, I, like I did mention, you know, after we put this up and I see the story is, is on AZ Billiards now, um, I do want to contact Charlie and, and, and let's get his side of the, of the situation. I don't want to, I don't want to spin things without giving both sides a chance to talk, but I do appreciate you taking a lot more time tonight than I expected you would, but it's Tuesday morning for you. It's not Monday night. You don't really care. <laughs> well, I've only got three finals to go and watch today. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy watching the finals. and um, I'll certainly do that. I, I hope that this whole thing works out for the, the betterment of the game. So do I, Mike, because I, I've, I've said it ten times already. We're not in the business to stop players from playing. We would like to see many more uh, tournaments available for players. So we're, we're, we're definitely not in the business of preventing players. We're, we're really looking in their interest. It, it's got nothing to do with the WPA. We don't benefit from it in any way, shape or form by the event going ahead or not going ahead. We can certainly uh, have damage done to us by the event going ahead and getting uh, getting the support of everyone because it's making itself out to be something that it's not. And that's all. All I've got to do, as you said, change the name, start off. This is the first event, the inaugural event, whatever you want to call it, blah, 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 and go from there. Very simple, really. Okay, well... We'll see what happens. Uh, again, I appreciate you taking some time and talking to us. Um, hopefully this whole thing works out for the better, and uh, we will talk to you down the road. Yeah, thanks, uh, Mike. I've enjoyed, uh, I've enjoyed our chat, and uh, it's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks, Ian. That's it, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to our special show, and, and hopefully we'll have a, a rebuttal on this, and, and even more hopefully. This whole thing will work itself out for the betterment of the game. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Good night.